This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Jeffrey Roars, CMO of Yext. We are a growing company, so growth uh, is an important one, and managing for growth, hiring and uh, managing an international team, empowering both my direct reports, my core marketing team, so that they are able to uh, make decisions. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Jeff serves as CMO for Yex, the company that puts business on the map with the award-winning Yex Knowledge Engine. Prior to joining Yext, Jeff served as Vice President of Marketing Insights for Salesforce and Exact Target, where he built the content marketing and thought leadership teams. Jeff's first book, Audience, Marketing in the Age of Subscribers, Fans, and Followers, Wiley 2014, has been lauded by marketers and executives alike as a must-read for those interested in the rise of proprietary audience development as a core marketing responsibility. A Clevelander now working in New York City, he continues to bask in the afterglow of the Cleveland Cavaliers NBA championship. So Jeff, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. Likewise, great to be here. Yeah, definitely. What I like to do is start with your origin story. So what you're passionate about. For me personally, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm passionate about how and why things work. And that really sets the perspective of everything that I do. So I guess from your background, you know, what are you passionate about? You know, maybe specific to even marketing. Sure. First and foremost, I'm passionate about, uh, you know, my family and, and friends, you know, that they are, you know, foremost in my mind with everything I do. Then I'm passionate about learning and growing and challenging myself. And that's really a, a key part of my origin story, because if you track it all the way back, I am a communicator at heart. I had a mass comm degree out of Miami University in Ohio, but I went to law school for a law degree and a master's in mass communication from Boston University, practiced law for a couple of years, realized reliving the worst moments of other people's lives was not my idea of fun, and jumped over to LexisNexis at the time in a sales and education role. And there I quickly gravitated towards this thing called the internet that they were migrating all of their search services to. It used to be that you'd install their search services on computers with floppy disks or CD-ROM, and it would use a proprietary dial-up to access it. But as they migrated and LexisNexis became Lexis.com and Nexus.com and Shepherds.com and all of those things, I had the good fortune to be in some product review teams as a field seller and help shape those products, which helped me catch the the bug. I also uh, witnessed a pretty interesting competitive situation uh, arise in the mid to late 90s where a competitor using natural language began to promote a new product that purported to compete with our site checking service, Shepherds, that we had acquired. And that's kind of the gold standard of legal citations uh, checking. So I created some marketing materials on my own, some one sheets and other materials that explained to the lawyers that I served why using the competitor's service at that point in time was akin to kind of malpractice because the service was very uncooked. And if you know anything about site checking, when you submit a brief to the court, you have to verify that the citations, the law that you are citing is accurate. And if you don't, that can be you know, grounds for 
fine or, uh, um, you know, contempt of court or, or disbarment. Those marketing materials uh, caught the eye of some of my colleagues. They started using them. It got back to uh, corporate, uh, which was then in Dayton, Ohio. And I got a phone call fully expecting to get my hand slapped. And instead, they asked me if I minded if they, you know, turned those into a national campaign. And there the marketer was born. Communicator became marketer. So I subsequently left LexisNexis, went to one digital marketing agency uh, that kind of imploded with the bubble uh, back in 2000, 2001. And then I jumped to another one by the name of Optium and was there for about six years, the last three as president and built out that agency from uh, about 10, 12 people to about 35 by the time I departed with clients like Sherwin-Williams and the dearly deceased and absorbed National City Bank, insurance.com, and uh, Calphalon, and did some really interesting things. Like, I was the first person to get Sherwin-Williams to do paid search advertising, and I remember buying the word paint for five cents a click on Google and, and Overture, which became uh, you know Yahoo's paid search arm. I built our nascent social media efforts and blogging, and I created a blog all about bacon, uh, yes, the food, because it was imminently understandable and it showcased to our clients how a blog and how what now is called content marketing was going to be an important part of their future. And so that blog about bacon, while funny and, and it also deceased at this point in time for many years, uh, drove nearly seven figures of maybe over seven figures of revenue for us because they began to see, oh my gosh, you're ranking on the word bacon and all these other search terms. And you just started this blog when this was, you know, like 2005, but you know, those were some fun times. And um, I also forged our partnership with exact target. We were one of the reseller partners, the first one in their program, exact target came a calling and I joined them as a VP of marketing in uh, May, 2007 had an amazing run there as a part of just an incredible team. It helped, you know, was part of the team that, you know, took them public, built out our subscribers, fans, and followers research series and their connections user conference. And, and subscribers, fans, and followers uh, inspired me to write my book audience. The book audience caught the attention of the CEO of Yext, who, when looking for a CMO, came looking for me because Exact Target was acquired by Salesforce in, in uh, 2013. I stuck around with them for two years and then in June of 2015, after a short courtship process, process in which I was really energized by Howard Lerman's vision, our CEO at Yext, I joined Yext. And that catches you up in a very long-winded way. <laughs> no, I think this is a great segue to Yext. But before we dive into that, I think there's just one thing I, I'm curious about is this passion for creating. Because I've talked to you know a lot of branding experts that are great at communicating and they have the passion for communicating and, and thus make great marketers but there's kind of this other skill set of being able to create the content necessary to effectively communicate the message and it sounds like you just kind of have a knack for this why do you think that is if you dig all the way back into the things i did as uh, as a kid and in high school i always you know sang in, in choirs and i performed so i was up in front of audiences i did speech team I did quiz team, I did theater, I did show choir, I did all of these different things that pushed me out in front of an audience. And I think there is a very unique skill set you gain by putting yourself constantly in positions where you feel awkward or nervous and you're up in front of people that are strangers. It forces you to think on your feet and think also about what would you want as an audience member if you empathize with the audience. I took that then into college when I became a, a DJ and I began to host a music video show. 
And I've also dabbled in screenwriting and wrote a short film I produced with a, a director up in, in Toronto. All of those things were different ways to kind of express my creativity. And, and I've, you know, I'm a big fan of sketch comedy and I've done, you know, kind of sketch comedy in the context of business, oddly enough. It's, I think, three of my employers where you reflect on that environment and whether, you know, for some sort of in-house kind of either talent show or event, you kind of poke at fun at some of the things that, you know, go on day to day. And when I look at those creative expressions, all of them across the board, it comes down to being able to quickly assess a situation, hone in on what's important, what's funny, what's meaningful, and then figure out how to turn that and communicate it into something of value, be it of value to the employees, of value to the business in terms of lead driving, of value to a community in terms of education or, you know, kind of onstage keynote. I've been fortunate and, you know, I've, I've never shied away from the stage, but it, it's one of those things that I, I enjoy that piece of it. It's not necessarily the spotlight that I was seeking. It was the experience. And I continue to enjoy that to this day. Yeah, that's really interesting. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, thanks for entertaining that curiosity, a little tangent that we had there. No, no problem. You know, returning back, I would love to dig into Yaks. And I think, you know, for those of us that may not know, would you mind giving a quick explanation of, of what Yext is and the value that it offers? Sure. So we like to say that we put business on the map. And we have uh, a core product called the X Knowledge Engine, which lets companies manage their digital knowledge in the cloud and then sync it with well over 100 intelligent services like Google, like Apple Maps, Microsoft Bing, Facebook, Instagram, Siri, uh, Yelp, all of these types of services so that you can make sure that your, your information about your people, your products, your brand, your events, your locations is accurate whether it's at a desktop or more likely these days in the palm of their hand on a mobile device so that you eliminate all the friction from bad data out there, maximize the, you know, the traffic flow, the, the footsteps to your door, and you know, create business opportunities for yourself. Love it. And so that manages directories and reputation, uh, sounds like. Yeah, so let me unpack it for you. So the, the first thing is, is that our, our, the X Knowledge Engine is uh, essentially a source of truth, a system of record for the digital knowledge, the public facts that you want to publish externally to those intelligent services or even internally to internal systems that need it. So let's look at the most common piece of, of that digital knowledge and that goes back to our founding. And that would be location data in the form of the name, address, phone number, hours of a particular brick and mortar location. Okay. Mm -hmm. Essentially in the past with search engines, directories, maps, et cetera, they offer a manual way for you to submit that you submit it. You submit it once. There's no guarantee they're going to use it. If they do use it, they can always overwrite it because they're looking at third party data, data aggregators, governmental records, and user suggestions to try and constantly source algorithmically the best data for a particular location. Now, in the past, that was necessary because there really was no, you know, kind of no hard and fast drive from companies to get all this information correct because they didn't have the vast majority of consumers out there walking around with a supercomputer in their pocket and the willingness to use that supercomputer to find whatever they wanted in a moment of need. 
that has really changed because of the ubiquity of smartphones, right? We are mm -hmm. fast approaching the 10th anniversary of the release of the iPhone. And secondly, and this is the hidden piece of this, the expansion of data plans. It used to be that people were afraid to take out their mobile device if they weren't on a Wi-Fi network because they were going to eat up their data. Now we're seeing a battle for, you know, kind of limitless or bottomless kind of data. As that fear of using data decreases, the use of the services increase, and therefore the consumer expectation that they're going to get accurate information right away, get answers, not just a list of 10 blue links, goes up exponentially. And so we are that platform to manage it across it at scale. And so now you go back to that manual example. If I am an Arby's with thousands of locations, you know, a McDonald's with tens of thousands of locations, I do not want to manage that manually. It does not scale. Right. I need to have a system of record. That's what we are, and they manage it across the network. Now, you mentioned reputation. We do have review monitoring and also first-party review generation because one of the big changes that has happened in Google in the last year is they now look at first-party reviews, reviews that appear on your website as a ranking factor. And they do that and will elevate the stars that you get from those rankings into your organic listings and into the knowledge card that appears if folks are searching for your brand or your brand is coming up for a particular query. So reviews now become a part of content marketing in addition to the whole reputation management, in, a different, in addition to the whole customer service aspect of this. Mm -hmm. And we did a white paper about this with uh, Jay Bear and, and Daniel Lemon from Convince and Convert because it was such a seismic event last year that escaped a lot of folks' knowledge. But that first-party review is really of, of increased importance in large part because of that increased visibility you see out there. And do you think we can get that uh, white paper? I think that might be valuable uh, to put into the show notes. Absolutely. I'll make sure that you get the link and your listeners can download it as they see fit. Great. Yeah. And so I'll make sure to, to link to all these resources and even text in the show notes so that everyone can go right there and get all the, the quick hits of uh, the value of this and then any of the other resources we talk about. So I guess, you know, as, as CMO, Jeff, what are some of the main focuses that you're currently looking at? We are a growing company, so growth uh, is an important one, and managing for growth, hiring and uh, managing an international team, empowering both my direct reports, my core marketing team, so that they are able to uh, make decisions and uh, execute campaigns and projects without me being a roadblock or others being a roadblock, creating opportunities and paths, uh, career paths for the folks on our team. Another piece that I find very important that doesn't often get explained in kind of a marketing conversation is I'm a firm believer that marketing plays an important role in the culture of a company such as ours. And so we are very hand in glove with our HR department. We have instituted um, internal events called Yex Talks, where we bring in thought leaders and uh, influencers and, uh, you know, friends, everybody from the uh, attorney general of New York to the chief digital officer of the city of New York to the CEO of Birchbox to the co-founder of Major League Eating come through these doors and talk to our team. And it's meant to, you know, kind of expand their minds as to, you know, the, the challenges and the opportunities and the, and the things that these folks have done and just create interesting talking points. And then we've also, you know, worked very healthily to kind of celebrate the important moments in the company and, and give folks, you know, whether it's swag or other types of things that kind of connect emotionally. 
Uh, and then also celebrate the teams. We are ultimately a product company and technology company. And we recently um, celebrated Global Day of the Engineer and honored our, our, our engineering team, which, you know, that's a team that is, is not often out there, you know, seeking, seeking the limelight. Um, they are working hard behind the scenes. Uh, but when you are a SaaS company, a cloud-based product, I feel it's important for, for marketing not just to look outward, but to look inward and celebrate those folks that build that product. I really like this idea a lot, and I haven't really heard a whole lot about it or been able to really dig deep into it. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to unpack this a little bit and, and sure. kind of get some insight into what managing this looks like. So, you know, how you determine the types of things you're going to do. So like the X talks and the honoring uh, team members and then giving out swag, like what kind of that, that schedule or process or something looks like on the back end to help facilitate this? Sure. Well, the first thing is you can't, you can't boil the ocean. There's only so much that you can do. So we look, you know, each quarter, is there something new that we can add that can kind of become a permanent part of what we're trying to drive culturally and celebrate culturally because marketing and HR don't really own the culture. The culture is created by everyone here and the experiences they have. And so we look to add positivity to, to that environment. So if you look at something like Yex Talks, obviously inspired by TED Talks, but as a Midwesterner, I recently relocated from the, the Cleveland, Ohio area to New York City and then to New Jersey where my family now lives. And that perspective as somebody who lived in the, the Cleveland area, lived and worked in the Cleveland area for 20 years and then comes to New York City, what you realize is you are truly in the heart of it all. You are in the media capital of the world. You are in the arguably one of the, the finance capitals of the world, certainly of, of the U.S. And so you look at all of these things and you say, you know what? There's a lot to leverage here. There's a lot of amazing people, amazing stories. And so Yex Talks was the idea of, hey, our employee base has a wonderful Rolodex, an amazing network. What if we tap that and we start bringing in people that our executives and others know to address the troops. And so we, as a marketing organization, essentially, you know, created the structure to organize that and then look to program it as speaker ideas come up. And so we might have three X talks a month. We might have one. Sometimes in the summer, we might have none, but it is now a regular part of it. And then it also dovetails with the employee research resource groups that HR is driven. So we have uh, resource group for our LGBT community. We have one for uh, our employees of color. We have one for the women in our ranks and, and those with disabilities and uh, special needs. So you look at those groups. Now, when they have a speaker or somebody inspirational for their particular group, they can essentially work with our team to make that a yes talk and bring that person in and share that with the entire company instead of it just being for that particular employee resource group. That is, I think, really powerful. And if, if you look at that employee resource group piece, driven by HR, but we created logos. So our design team, our creative studio, created logos for each of them, which creates a sense of purpose and belonging. That's why, again, I think marketing can add uh, a lot inside the organization, not just outside. Yeah, I mean, this is really inspiring and sounds very powerful, but also sounds like a, a decent investment. And I know, you know, when investing into cultural initiatives, sometimes you don't really have tangible, you can't really quantify it, right? And so I'm just curious what sort of benefits or things you've been able to quantify from 
you know, moving with this initiative that, that you've been able to see benefit? Yeah. So first of all, they're actually very, very low cost. It's mostly sweat equity that you're investing uh, outside of, say, you know, swag and T-shirts for the employee resource group, which we do anyway. We are regularly, you know, creating branded materials for our employees to have, you know, usually at least twice a year. I think that, you know, just goes to the, the pride of being an employee here and being a part of this team. And it's really great to walk around the halls because in a given day, I literally will see T-shirts from five years or more of Yak's history that people wear, you know, on a regular basis, um, being a casual business environment, that's very, you know, normal for us to see. Uh, but in terms of other benefits, certainly there are business opportunities created with some of the folks that we bring in because they get introduced to our environment. And, you know, we, uh, it's again, another funny thing, uh, you know, being the, uh, duck out of water Midwestern who came to New York late in a career. You know, I think of Madison Avenue. I think of Mad Men, right? The old advertising agencies, everything. I never thought I would be a madman myself. And yet Yext's located at one Madison Avenue in New York City uh, in, in the shadow of the Flatiron Building. So very iconic location. And you bring people to the table with these amazing contacts. They walk our, our floor and we'd have we have a floor here uh, in the clock tower building on Madison Square Park that is an entire city block and once you get in and you see holy smokes this is like a real thing you know yes uh, uh, we all know that it's not a household name it, it doesn't trip off the tongue of every b2b marketer because principally it's been a value to now to those who have brick and mortar locations from small businesses all the way up to enterprise but as we grow, we certainly hope to change that. One of the ways you change that is by bringing more and more folks in to see the and experience the, the physical location. And that's why we love hosting, you know, community organizations. We'll have alumni association events in our large kind of multi-purpose room that we call Madison Square. And, you know, these types of events are great because it's a chance for employees at different levels to kind of show off the place a little bit to the groups that matter to them. And as you probably well know, you know, uh, space is at a premium in, in New York City and can cost mm -hmm. you pretty money. So when you can bring in an organization of, you know, 100, 120 people to have an event and the event space isn't costing you anything, you know, folks are appreciative of that. So really leveraging New York, being a New York company is an important part of our DNA. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and just to kind of recap some of the things that you said you're focusing on, and it's really clear, you know, that your focus is on people and the hiring just because of just the passion you have for this initiative for this the kind of the mix between the marketing and the, and the culture. So I guess, you know, as far as continuing to grow the company and being in that CML role, what are some of the hurdles preventing your company from growing and scaling to the next level? Well, I, I don't see them as hurdles so much as challenges, right? I mean, half what you do as a manager is you're managing for the unexpected and managing around challenges that perhaps you didn't see. In, in your path when you started the day. I think it's always a challenge to find and nurture talent. You see a wide gap, uh, I think, in the talent of folks coming out of school in marketing programs, and the cream rises to the top very obviously and very quickly. And when you're in a market like New York, where there are a lot of options for marketing talent to work, right? Google has an office, Facebook has an office, Every major agency, global agency has an office. There are television production 
companies, there are film production companies, there, you know, there's the fashion industry, there's all of these different industries competing for creative talent. When you are a B2B marketing organization, you know, that might not be the first thing that trips off the tongue of, uh, of folks. But the, the good news is, is that talent does exist out there. And I find that it's important for us when we post job postings that it's not just a, you know, it's just not a, a regular run-of-the-mill posting, but it's really talking about the essence of the person that we're looking for. And you see this interesting self-selection that people get attracted to those more interesting posts. And when I put a little bit of extra time or my core leadership puts a little bit of extra time into that, it usually yields great results. So, you know, I would say that the, the, the challenge of, of you know, uh, attracting that talent is a real one, but one that we've been certainly up to the task to. And uh, I put our team up against any in the industry. It's a, it's a great group of folks. So I love to dig into that a little bit. You know, as far as attracting, finding and nurturing this talent, how has mobile affected that? Or, or how are you considering now all these different mobile channels and ways to communicate with these potential people in this strategy? If you just focus strictly on the employee or the recruiting side of it, there's not a lot of there there, right? Because those folks are coming to and being sourced through, you know, kind of traditional job boards, uh, recruiters, and other types of sources. And so in that, in that narrative, the mobile device is probably the one they're using to communicate and express interest and apply and all of those things. But really what it comes down to is, the face-to-face of, 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 you know, running the gauntlet of interviews. And so it's not so much, a, again, a mobile, a mobile narrative as it is a very kind of traditional face-to-face human interaction that separates wheat from the chaff. If you look at employees, however, I think there are some interesting developments, not that we're doing these things, but I certainly, they're in my mind, about how does the mobile device become perhaps a platform for improved employee engagement beyond you know, just the email app that, you know, folks are, you know, reading and text messaging and social media and other types of things. I I think there's actually, you know, quite a lot, you know, to be done there. Got some friends in the industry, uh, a friend of mine who I worked with at Exact Target, Todd Richardson, who's also an author, just came out with a book. His, His company, Amplify, you know, is building, you know, closed loop employee apps so that your HR and your communications are, are sitting out there on that app. And your employees all download it and it's in the palm of their hand and allows for, you know, push messaging and polling and other types of really interesting things. I think you're going to see more movement that way, especially in employment environments where the smartphone is ubiquitous. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, as far as, I mean, you're kind of tapped into the marketing side on both things, which I think is really interesting. I haven't really been able to have a conversation about the internal marketing and, and how you can use that for really cultural innovation, which I think is really interesting. And so now with kind of these advancements of mobile, these new platforms coming out, these all these new tools that are being created, you know, what do you, what do you kind of see as happening next? You know, from that marketing lens, what are some of the, the new technologies or tools or software that are coming out that you're excited about to innovate, whether internal or external? Thinking externally, you know, you would be remiss if you didn't mention AI and machine learning today. That is the freight train that is bearing down on marketing in many industries. And people are viewing it with a mix of excitement and I think trepidation because they wonder if their jobs are in the crosshairs of things that can be automated. I look at it though with a sense of excitement and exploration 
and also understanding that AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, these are concepts that must be, and then the services that are built on top of them, that must be built upon accurate information, you know, deep knowledge. And when it comes to a business, that deep knowledge, you know, is something that had better be accurate, or if you're providing wrong information, store hours, pin drops, et cetera, you're losing customers. And so our vision and our kind of core competency is being that source of truth for that data uh, mm -hmm. right now across services that everybody is familiar with, you know, Google, uh, Google Maps, Apple Maps, uh, Facebook, Yahoo, Bing, you know, hundred more. Mm -hmm. But now as you think to the future, you know, we are helping our customers control their information as it's delivered by Siri, right? A digital assistant. Why? Because we're the ones that are feeding Apple's uh, knowledge base information about those locations, customers using our platform to manage that. And so this is an example of how you can deconstruct AI and, you know, learn how to kind of lessen some of those fears, because if you are focused on some of that core factual knowledge and knowledge that does change. So even if you have like Arby's is a great client of ours, they just opened a new location here across the street on uh, West 23rd in New York from us. They, day and date, had that information updated across Google, Apple Maps, everywhere, because they used us. But now if you go to a location that has been there for years and years and years, the fact of the matter is they still have digital knowledge that they're updating on a regular basis because their menu changes, their prices change. They might have hours that change due to holidays or uh, snowstorms or other types of things. And so... Yeah, I'm very, and it's core to our, our interest here, the idea that now we are moving to where this digital knowledge was something we just assumed was getting done by the Googles and others in the world to where it is a fundamental concept and thing that must be managed by the marketing or some organization within the company uh, because it's being deployed across these uh, largely mobile intelligent services with incredible speed and the consumer is expecting the information is going to be accurate. And when it isn't, they aren't laying the blame with the service. They're laying it with the brand. So this might actually be a great segue into uh, what's the coolest thing that you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out and that you're able to share. Stay tuned. Uh, you were the first I will share this with. And if you uh, check out the everywherebrand.com, we are going to have a, a new piece co-authored by Jay Bear, um, a good friend, CEO, founder of Convince and Convert, and author of Hug Your Haters, and a number of other books, and myself. And uh, I'm very excited about this concept about how brands now need to become the everywhere brand, controlling experience and information about their company everywhere, and thinking more holistically uh, about how that information is an asset to the organization. And that's the everywherebrand.com, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Absolutely. And then where should we go to keep tabs on your work? Do you want us to go to the Everywhere brand or do you want us to go to Yext? What's the best place? Yeah, to keep tabs, you can follow me on Twitter at jkroars.com, J-K-R-O-H-R-S, and absolutely follow at Yext and visit www.yext.com. All right, everyone, there you have it. That's uh, how to get in touch with with Jeff and to follow his work and also make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round while Jeff will be sharing some of his most valuable resources.
Well, Jeff, hey, thanks for providing all these resources and, and the insights in the episode. You know, I really appreciate you taking the, to- the time to join us today and sharing your experience and, and let us know a little bit deeper about Yext. And, and again, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been an honor. And uh, again, if anybody has any questions directly for me, just uh, you know, drop me a line at JK Roars on Twitter. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first. Thank you.